A blessed afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us in our online worship service. And in a couple of weeks, we'll be celebrating Christmas. And I know it will be a different Christmas, but as we put Christ as the center of our celebration, it will always be special. You know, a few nights ago, I was in Amazon scrolling, doing an online window shopping. And I stumbled upon this particular collective figurine. And this collective figurine is entitled this. It's a it's a figurine, it's a military soldier carrying a wounded brother. And it made an impact to me when I was looking at this particular figurine. And the description it has is this. It says here, this is an inspirational figurine of a soldier carrying a wounded brother off the hot battlefield in the midst of chaos where mighty acts of heroism of brothers refusing to leave the wounded behind. You know, I remember us as Christians, our journey at times are exemplified like a war. There are times that we can be wounded and we need to be carried. And there are also times that we are called to carry others, helping people. You know, all of us in, in many ways, in one way or another, can be paralyzed by our sin, our weaknesses, our failures, our regrets, our pain, and struggles in life. Yet we thank the Lord because God brought friends that will see us through those moments. Today, we will look to a group of friends who helped a paralyzed man. They carried him to Jesus. And because of their commitment and because of their faith in the Lord, these paralyzed men experienced forgiveness and miraculous healing. I've entitled this sermon, The Band of Brothers Carry Each Other's Burdens, and we'll be reading from Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 12, and invite all of us to read along with me. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. Let us, let us read together. And when he returned to Capernaum, after some days, it was reported that he was at home, and many were gathered together, so that there was no more room, not even at the door, and was preaching the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like this? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Verse 8, And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit, that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise, uh, rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sin. He said to the paralytic, 
I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed, glorified God, and saying, we never saw anything like this. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this afternoon that we can meditate upon your word. O Holy Spirit, you are our great teacher. I pray that you open our hearts, our mind, soften us, Lord, soften our hearts, that we may hear your still small voice. What we desire, Lord, is to encounter you in a fresh new way, Lord, today, as we look into your word. Oh God, we need you. We need you in our homes. We need you in our lives, Lord. We need you in our church. So I pray that you speak to us today. Have your way this afternoon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The text that we just read was found in the early stages of Jesus' ministry. And briefly, if you look at chapter 1 of the book of Mark, you see Jesus began his ministry in Mark chapter 1. That's when he began his ministry in verse 14 to 15. And then Mark chapter 1 verse 17 is where Jesus first called his disciples. He told them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And then in verse 21 to 45, Jesus started teaching. Jesus started healing. He, go, he went around to, to Carpenham. He, he went around to Nazareth, into, even to the wilderness, healing and teaching. And he's doing a lot of things to the point that he became famous, that he's being uh, uh, recognized and people is becoming flocking towards him. And then in chapter 2, we notice that as he were ministering, he began to face opposition. In chapter 2, verse 1 to chapter 3, verse 6, we saw the early confrontation that Jesus had with the religious teachers and leaders. Yet in those clashes that Jesus had with the teachers and leaders, religious teachers and leaders at those times, Jesus constantly won. At times, they, they, they were left speechless. They couldn't respond to what Jesus has said. Like what we have read today. Let's just look at our text today and just, just run through an, an overview of what's were, what were happening. You see, Jesus returned to Capernaum after ministering to other places. And because of his fame, crowd started to gather at his, at his home. Now, we don't know whose house is this. People said it probably was Peter. But it's a place that he would normally go when he was in Capernaum. And the reason that they were, were gathering at their, that this home is because they want to hear this, this Jesus speak. They want to hear him teach. And in their midst, we see that the scribe were sitting among them. They were also listening. And then suddenly, four men carrying a disabled person. They were carrying this disabled person, and when they, ended, when they reached the home of where Jesus was teaching, the place was full of people. 
they couldn't even enter. So what they did, they climbed the roof. They were, they, there's a staircase that, in a way, that they climbed to the roof. And when they climbed the roof, they made an opening so that they can lower down this disabled person. Wow. Jesus saw their determination in their faith. So Jesus responded, Son, your sins are forgiven. They thought that Jesus would automatically heal this sick person, this disabled person. But suddenly Jesus said, Son, your sins are forgiven. And the scribe reacted. They were shocked. Because to them, saying those words is blasphemy. Because only God can grant forgiveness. And as we read in the text, Jesus discerned what's happening in the heart. So they asked them a question, which is easier. Is, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven? Or to rise, take up your bed and walk? Which is easier? Now, come on. Here in the congregation, ponder, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up, take up your, take up your bed and walk? Well, it's obviously easier to say your sins is forgiven because there is no tangible proof required. But to say rise up and take up and walk, you need some evidence. But you know what? Jesus showed his might. Jesus healed the disabled man. He told him, rise up, pick up your bed and go home. And he just speaks and tells us that he can do both. He can forgive sin and he can heal the sickness. As the result of this miracle, the people glorify God. You know, Jesus was showing to the people, especially the scribe, that he has the authority to forgive sin, that he has the power to heal the sick because he's the Messiah that they were waiting for. At the same time, what we are learning from this text is that Jesus knew what is really needed. It's not just physical healing what is needed by this man, but, also, but importantly, spiritual healing. In this event, there are three characters that we will look at today. First is the scribe. The second is the crown. And the third, the foreman that held the disabled person. These three characters played a role. They interacted directly or indirectly with Jesus and with the disabled man. And let us observe their reaction and their condition of their hearts when Jesus was doing this, uh, when he was ministering to the paralyzed man. In verse 6 to 8, let's look first at the scribe. In verse 6 to 8, let us look how the scribe responds when Jesus was ministering to the paralyzed man. He says here, Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their, in their hearts. Why does this man speak like this? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? In their heart, they were responding to what Jesus said. When Jesus said, Son, your sins are forgiven. 
You know, when those words were uttered by Jesus, automatically, in the religious context, what was Jesus saying that he was declaring himself equal to God? Because only God can grant forgiveness towards a sinner. And his words carry a lot of weight and it has meaning. Kaya nag-respond ang mga scribe. They suddenly, huh? Itong person na to, anak ng carpenter, suddenly say these words, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, let us first understand why did the, why did the scribes were responding this way. You see, the scribes, the teachers of the law, their duty was to be devoted to the study and the application of the law. They are called to defend and to preserve the purity of their religious teachings and activities. They, they dislike false teachers. They are also called to maintain status quo of power and privileges. Remember, these scribes have certain power in their community. So they have to maintain it. If someone, uh, a person who have charisma and rising up upon their ranks, they have to know how to manage it. And Jesus is one of that person because, they are, because people are following him now. The scribes are legal, legal specialists who set standard, moral standard in their culture. They are the people who will determine what is right and what is wrong, what is righteous, what is impure. They are the people who determine who are sinners, who are clean. Kaya ayan ginagawa na scribe. You know, when you look at this and you ponder on this, the responsibility and duties were good. But in the midst of their religious pursuit, in the midst of this intention, because of their carnality, they became self-righteous and highly critical. You know what? They were so critical to Jesus. They questioned his identity and even his authority. They questioned him. They questioned his teaching. When they would clash, they would question the way he teach, how he determine who is seen or not. They would question Jesus' teaching. They will also question Jesus on his friends, kung sino ang kasama niya palagi. You know, the scribes also were so critical towards the sick, the sinner, and the marginalized. That's why they don't hang out with them. Just look at the following events. You look here. So now look at this. In chapter 2, the scribes were critical towards Jesus because Jesus was hanging with, with the tax collector and sinners. You will look at this particular text. Sabi niya, why would this teacher of the law hang out with sinners? He was so, they were critical towards him. They were also critical when they saw Jesus' disciples going around the grain field, picking up the heads of the grain on a Sabbath day. And they were also critical at another event when a person who had withered hand came to Jesus hoping to be healed. The scribe said, ah, they were so critical. They were so critical. They critic, criticize Jesus. They criticize what's valuable to, heart, to Jesus' heart. The sinner, the sick, the hungry, the poor. They criticize everything. And you know the reason why they always criticize? Look at this. 
how Jesus described them. In Mark 3, verse 5a, and he looked around them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart. The reason why they were so critical, because of their hard heart. The hardness of heart led them to be, up, to be full of pride, self-righteous. The hardness of their heart led them to be so jealous toward Jesus. Now Jesus becoming famous and they are now being, nagiging, uh, nagiging hindi sila nagiging sikat, may mas bago ng sikat. Because of their hard-heartedness, they become so jealous towards Christ. Because of their hard-heartedness, they're full of fear. The fear of losing power, prestige, and position. Because of their hardness of heart, they led them to desire to destroy Jesus. In Mark chapter 3, verse 6, you know what they, the Pharisees or the scribes did? The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him. How to destroy him. Wow. Their hard hearts failed to see that Jesus was the Messiah that they were waiting for. They failed to see the beauty of what was Jesus doing to the life of the paralyzed man. They failed to see what Jesus was doing to the poor, to the sick. That they came to restore and heal. They failed to see that he's not just healing the physical, but they also came to heal them spiritually because of their hard-heartedness. Even though they know the law, even though they have encountered Jesus multiple times, they failed to discern who he is. And this scribe represents people in our time who are the critics. Take note, there are the, there's a difference between a critical heart and a critical mind. A critical mind is a person who knows, who discerns, who tests things. And the Bible calls us to be critical, to have a critical mind, to test everything. Like the brilliant church. The Bible says that you have to be as gentle as a dove and as a cunning as a snake to have that quickened critical mind. But to have a critical heart is a totally different thing. You think that you are perfect. You look down at people who are suffering. You don't associate to people who are weak because we have a critical heart. You know, we can never carry each other's burden when we have a critical heart towards one another. Let me ask you a question. Can a pastor, an elder, have a critical heart and be self-righteous? Yes. Can a person who in a Bible school or even an IBI graduates can have a critical heart towards someone? Yes. Can a ministry leader, even a worship leader, be critical with people around them, yes. Because of the hardness of heart. If we are not careful, kahit how long we are being a Christian, kahit anong ilan certificate ang nakuha natin, sa Bible school or scholar ka man, 
if we are not watchful of our heart, we can become so critical towards others. When we become so critical towards a person, towards ministry, towards a family member, towards a brethren in a church, towards a care group leader or ministry leader, be very careful. Check our heart. Come to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm so critical towards this person. I have this hardness of heart. Come to God and say, Lord, change my heart. But I will not have this critical spirit in me. The scribe failed to see who Christ is. Failed to see the beauty of what happened when Jesus healed the disabled man because of their critical heart, their hard-heartedness. I pray that we will not have this kind of heart. Let us look now to the second group of people, the crown. Read in chapter 2, verse 2 to 4, we see that many were gathered together. There is no room, not even at the door. Many scholars said that the people that's in that particular home was around 50 people. 50 people nasa isang kwarto. Maliit lang, hindi naman karami. Walang social distancing yan. Pag nahuli ng government yan, lagot sila. There's no room. And no one can even enter the door. And because of the crowd, the scripture says here, they, and when they could not go near him, they could not even go near to Jesus because of the crowd. But what were the, the crowd doing? Well, they were listening to the teaching of Jesus. They were focused on his teaching. They were expectant and anticipating for something to happen because Jesus is so famous at the time. They heard him heal. They heard him teach. So they want to see what they can do. He's the in thing. However, when the disabled person came, and was being brought to Jesus, you know, none of the crowd give way. None of the crowd seems to notice. None of them showed any concern. They were unmoved by the need of the person who needs healing. They were so busy of what they want to do. And I will classify this group of people as consumers, consumeristic Christian. It represents Christians who just want to sit and be entertained. They just want to receive and get good stuff, good sermon. Pag ayaw ng sermon, palit ng church, palit ng care group. This is present Christians who is not following the example of Jesus when Jesus said, I came to serve, not to be served. There are people who are busy with their own lives, but fail to see the people who need help around them. You know, there is a danger that we can be so oblivious to the need of people around us. People who are trying to find hope in life. People who are trying to find healing. Not just physical, but emotional healing. Mental healing. People who are trying to find restoration. People trying to escape the prison that he is in. Trying to find forgiveness. 
you know, because we are so preoccupied with our own relationship, with our relationship with God, with our own spiritual walk, with our own agenda in life. There are times we're not, we might not even see the people that in need of God. And the root cause of this problem is the selfish heart, self-centered heart. The Bible says in the last day, people will be lovers of, of themselves, lovers of self. Let's ask ourselves, what are we so concerned about today? What captures our heart? What are our prayers? Do you still remember someone who are in need and you include them in your prayers? Do you take time to remember those who need help, to message them, to text them, to remember them in prayer? It's a danger that we become like the crowd, consumeristic mentality. Forgetting that you know, God calls us to love our neighbors. To minister to them. Last Thursday, we have our mission ministry meeting and devotion. And one of the brothers shared a short devotion. And it's a very good um, idea that one of the brothers said, let's just take time to, to have a devotion every month. And we asked ourselves why people don't go mission. As we were talking, this just discussing. Some said because different calling. Some are not really goers, but they are senders. Some are supporters. And I agree with those. Some are really blessed by the Lord so that they can provide provision for those people who will be going mission. Another brother said it's probably because today we become so self-centered. We have forgotten that we are called to evangelize and make disciples. Another sister said, People today don't like to be disturbed. They don't like to experience discomfort. Another lady said, because there's no urgency in the heart. And one said, because of their lack of love of God. If we desire to carry each other's burden, we cannot to have a consumeristic attitude but instead follow the footstep of Jesus. When Jesus said in Mark 10, 45, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to, to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. To give His life as a ransom for many. Christ has set an example for us to follow we may serve others to love our neighbor, to give our life as a ransom for more many. First, we have learned the critics and we have learned, second, we have learned the consumers, the crowd. And lastly, we look at the third character. And they are the four friends of the disabled man. And I would like to describe them as companion or comrades. You know, they were nameless. The sacrifices they made for their friend, 
had paid a way for him to experience healing and forgiveness. And look at verse 3 to 5 of what they did. You see, they carried him, bringing him. And when there is no longer an, a place for them to enter, they brought him to the roof. Now, just imagine how heavy this person is. They brought him to the roof. My, my, meron naman staircase. But not only that, they dig hole. Big enough for that body. Hindi mo nang pwedeng i-squeeze yung etong taong to, disabled person. So they have to make a, a, a hole that big enough so that they can lower it, lower this disabled person. You know, in those times, a disabled person is significant and has no value in their society. They were treated as burden. Hence, this person has nothing to give to these four men. But yet, these four men showed their care and commitment towards him. They did not give up, even though they faced trials or hurdles. When the crowds were there, they did not give up. Hindi na sinabi na, bukas na lang, baka bukas, baka tayo, 8.30. Baka dito pa si Jesus. No, they did not give up. They did not give up, even though their arms and hands were tired in opening the roof. Now, I'm trying to imagine how did they open the roof. Probably it was easier at the time. But it was tiring. You know, the root cause of their action was their sacrificial love towards this friend. And Jesus heard and noticed what they did. They saw their commitment. They saw their faith. They saw that they will do whatever it takes. It's a beautiful story of a friend that helps someone who I need. You know, when I was looking at this text, I remember a man who is imperfect, weak, Disabled in many ways. Unable to move by his own. I remember a man, and that's me. I believe all of us, like this paralyzed person, there are moments in our life that we need others. Especially in this time of pandemic. In the life that we are living in, the economic uncertainties. Some are losing their job. Some are sick. In a society that we are living in, there's moral chaos. Spirituality is feeble nowadays. And all the more we need each other. We need friends that will carry us through. We need friends that will draw us nearer to Jesus in the moments of our failure and weakness. We need friends to encourage us to trust in the Lord and His promises. Our team this year is starting right and finishing well. And one way that we can finish well is to have others help us finish the race victoriously. Because to finish well, we need each one of us to carry each other's burden. Oftentimes, when we look at King David, we look at him as a person who is a perfect follower of God. But he was never perfect. You know, God brought people and friends to help him in times of hardship. And I want to give you four friends that we may need 
an example of four friends that we may need in this journey. A friend who is who made covenant, a covenant friend, like Jonathan towards David. Jonathan recognized David's calling and helped him pursue that calling that God made in David's life. Jonathan protected him from his father. Jonathan supported him and even shared sacrificially. Jonathan knew that if David becomes king, he's no longer be the one because he's the one in line. But yet he showed that he is a friend, a covenant friend towards David. A second friend that we need is a, a friend who's a truth teller, like prophet Nathan. When David sinned because of Bathsheba, prophet Nathan was not afraid to confront David that you are that man. Ability to tell the truth, ability to tell areas of, of frailty. Alam nyo mga kapatid, value such kind of friend to tell you the truth, even though it hurts. Hindi yung ang magiging best friend mo ang mga Facebook friends mo. Alam mo, sometimes ginajudge natin ang mga friends natin based on Facebook friends. Hindi lang na-like yung picture mo. Sensitive ka na. O natatawain nang nandito. Alam mo, tingnan mo, try mo, mag-upload ka ng pangit ng picture mo, marami pa rin magla-like. Walang magsasabi sa'yo na, sis, ang pangit mo naman sa picture na yan, huwag na yan. We need someone to tell us the truth. A friend to tell us the truth. At the same time, we need a friend who is loyal brother. Abishai is one of his, David's warrior. When David was running away from Absalom. When Absalom and Sheba revolted one of his people, Abishai was with him all throughout. Never leave him. And also we need a friend who will help us in our need. We can read that in 2 Samuel 17. Barzillai. You know this person when David is no longer a king, when he was running away from Absalom, when he's no longer have an army, this person gave food, gave a bed, gave whatever he needs. Because he recognized that David needs a friend. You know, sometimes we only want to help people that we can get something from them. When we are rich, and dami mong friend. But when you are poor, count your friends. You can really know a person, truly are your friend, when you have nothing, but they are still there with you. Pray and discern for the friends that God is sending you today. Look at them. Pray for them. Say, Lord, in this race, in this life, I need someone to walk with me. Send them to my life. And always remember this. A true friend is one who pushes you nearer to God. Not away from God, but nearer to God. We have discussed three types of people. Characters. The scribe represent those who are critic. They have hard, hardness of heart. The crowd 
There are people who are consumers. They just want to get things. They have a self-centered heart. But the four men who have helped this paralyzed man are true companions and comrades because they have a loving, sacrificial love towards that person. When we have a critical and we are so consumed with our own, we fail to carry each other's burden. Let's come to the Lord and say, Lord, may we be like those four men, willing to carry a person who is going through, or a person who is suffering, sacrificially serving them, hide walang return, because I love that person. You know, I love watching movies, especially war movies, and there's one particular movie that, that touched me, and I was so, so on. And it's called Band of Brothers. And there's one quote that, that I was ministered to in this picture. They were fighting a war, and they said they didn't just carry the weight of the world on their soldier. They carried each other. Church, with these things happening in our lives, we, have, we are carrying the weight of our problem. Remember, they have, we have each other. We have the church. May we carry each other. Galatians 6 verse 2 says, Bear one another's burden, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And there are moments that we may be alone. At times, our friend may not be there to help us because our friends do have limitations. But always remember, we have Jesus who will always be by our side. There's a man named Joseph M. Scriven. He was a pastor um, in, in 1800s. And before the wedding day, his fiancée became ill. And before the wedding day, his fiancée died. And as he was serving, also as a pastor, far, far away from his family, he received a word that his mother is ill. And he was not able to go back to be with her. And so he wrote, a letter to her mom. And this letter is a song that we often sing. This song. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything in God in prayer. Have we have trials and temptation? Is there troubles anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? who will all our sorrows share. Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord 
in prayer. The Lord has blessed us with friends that will carry us through. At the same time, remember what a friend we have in Jesus. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this time that you have spoken to each one of us. I pray, Lord, that if any one of us have become so critical, I pray, Lord, that you soften that hard heart. If any one of us has become so self-centered, having the, that consumeristic attitude, what I can get, what I want, Lord, I pray that may we see how you have lived a sacrificial life serving others, loving others. And I pray, Lord, that you just give us a heart like these four men who is willing to go all the way for their friend who is suffering, who is disabled. I pray, O oh God, that you give us that heart so that we can carry each other's burden. Lord, even since this time, any one of us, Lord, are lonely, are struggling. I pray, O oh God, that you just cover them with your love. Remind them that you are always with them. That you are our friend who knows our weakness. And, may we, and that we can come to you always in prayer. Salamat, Panginoon, for this day we have. And I pray, O oh Lord, just guide us, lead us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us receive the benediction. To Him who loves us and has freed us from our sin by His blood and made us kingdom, priests, to His God and Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Thank you everyone for joining us in our worship service. I pray that uh, you're encouraged and remember, carry each other's burden. Be a band of brother to one another. See you next week and join us in our online prayer every Wednesday at 9 p.m. God bless everyone. See you soon.